0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode one nine one of the Talking Chop podcast. I am your host, Brad Roland, and joining me late into the night here on uh, a Wednesday is Eric Cole. Hey, man.
2: Life is pain, and the night is dark and full of terrors. Everything's bad.
1: Everything is bad. Um, I, have, I have one thing I want. I sort of want to start with, and I, you know, I sent out a tweet that. Uh, ironically had the most engagement I've ever gotten on a tweet. It it has like 2000 plus likes, which is insane to me, but, um, you know, it was a little bit tongue in cheek, but I was, I've been in a lot of disastrous Atlanta Braves baseball games at home, um, dating back a long, long way. And you know, the ones I included were the 2001, um, NLCS game where they lost to the Diamondbacks in the clincher. I was there for Russ Ortiz in 2002, Kerry Wood, 2003, Getting blasted by the Astros in 2004, all at home. Uh, the Brooks Conrad game in Game Three in t- 2010, and the loss, the clincher in Game Four, and then infield fly. Um, I was not there tonight. I'm glad I wasn't there tonight. Um, but I mean, the recent history speaks for itself, and we're gonna we're gonna talk more about this season, obviously, as we get going here. But the Braves tied an MLB record tonight with their 10th consecutive playoff series loss. And that it's just kind of unreal and uh, DOB passes along, but the Braves uh you know, 8 of those 10 series ended in Atlanta, which is that's jarring in itself and they also what slipped to 0 and 4 in game 5s um all in Atlanta. So yeah, man. I mean, there's not a lot I can even tack on. We're going to obviously talk about what happened today, although the relevant portion of the game was basically 20 minutes of real time, which is insane as well. But, you know, it's hard to separate in some ways just the, you know, nearly two decades of playoff disasters um, from what this one was. And you know, I guess if you want to be optimistic, and I said this to somebody, I was down at the Hawks game tonight, I said this out loud to someone, you know, would I have preferred 13-1 to 1 and a 10 nothing first inning loss to like a gutting ninth inning loss yes so I guess this could have been worse I, I actually think that losing like if game 4 had happened in game 5 like the way that that, that that game ended it would have been I think even worse than this but I do understand arguments against that when you literally have no chance to win after 20 minutes and one half inning like that's, that's a different kind of brutal it's also sort of a relieving one in that you know there's no more drama it's just over and you're just kind of playing out the string. So, I mean, I, I just said a lot there, but what was your sort of overarching reaction before we start drilling down here?
2: So I, I do want to start by saying that this 2019 Braves team was among, I say among, this is the most fun Braves team I've ever watched. And it's one that I've enjoyed the most partially because there's a lot of guys that I've been covering in the minor leagues and they're playing now. Uh, partially just because it's a really fun group. It just there's like there was really a lot of talent. There's a lot of really fun players. It's an exciting brand of baseball. It has power and speed and plays really good defense. You know, this team had its warts, but it was still an endearing sort of team, and they had a really good season. So I don't want to take away from that. Like those things can be true, but I will say that. First is that this is among the worst feelings I've had after a Braves loss in a long time. Uh, we have to start kind of getting into the, like the '90s, like World Series type losses to really kind of get a comparable feeling. And even then, I was like young enough where it's kind of hard to even you know I w- I'm not even sure I fully comprehended those losses back then. Um, it, it wasn't. See, I'm I'm on the other side of the coin. I think I I tend to understand and agree that a gutting ninth inning loss would have been really bad, but it would have felt like you had a chance and you were just like one or two steps away. And maybe it would probably feel worse in the moment than this, but down the line, it would just be gutting. You're like, wow, if it, if this one thing didn't happen, you know what I mean? In a game. Um, but this, there are multiple periods of time in this series where that's true. And that makes it worse because you know, it's absolutely true that, if the bullpen makes one better pitch in game one or one other thing goes right in game four and amongst a lot or in game one for that matter, amongst all the things that did not go right, that statistically should have gone right. And you kind of like the Braves had all sorts of bad luck combined with the fact that they had a heart of the order that did not show up to play in this series. They only played, they only played okay in game five after the game was out of reach.
1: Yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty it's pretty crazy too. I mean to to back you up here on this on looking back you know before game five, which we talked about at nauseum, but it's worth remembering now, you know, the Braves had a ninety percent win expectancy in game one of this series. They had an eighty plus percent win, win expectancy in game four of the series. They lost both games. They led in the eighth or ninth inning in all four of the first four games of the series. Like and I understand that You know, I got, you know, some Cardinals fans, of course, in my mentions when I said, you know, I tweeted this, you know, and I still mean it, that I believe the Braves are the better team. I really do. Um, Still, I just, we, we just watched five games. There's not a lot for me to tell you that the Braves aren't the better team here. I thought that going into the series, we said it on this podcast. You know, if you disagree with me, that's fine. But they led in the eighth or ninth inning in four consecutive games, and they won two of them. So, yeah, I mean, the opportunities that were lost were lost before today. Today, you know, again, I I see your point that you know it was uh, brutal. That there was not a competitive portion of this game. They they never had a chance. It was, it was over in twenty minutes. But and they, you know, I said this too. But they should have won. They should have won in four. I mean, and they honestly could have won. They could have swept them. It was that's wouldn't have been out of the question with the way that things went, um, and all the win expectancy stuff and the probabilities like that. They would have swept them. And I think though, and you know, at least the, at least you could have said. Given all that happened, that you know, they probably could have won the series in four games and not gotten back to Atlanta. So you know, it's maddening on a number of levels. Today is just, I guess, on the bright side. If you're looking for a bright side, we're, not, we're there's there's not going to be that moment from today where I can think of several and all the games that I referenced a minute ago that will just stick with me forever. Whereas in this game, in this series, I should say, the moments that will stick with me are in previous games. I mean, I guess the Brooks Conrad, I, I think, the, honestly, probably the best comp in some ways is the, is the 2010 series where everyone remembers the Brooks Conrad game. That wasn't the clincher. Sure. That wasn't the clincher. It was game three. They didn't lose the series then. You know, they they effectively did. But that was the game that everyone, including myself, remembers and goes back to. In this series you could argue, you know, either of game one or game four, I, you know, game four was probably, you know, game one's just a pretty, you know, you bl- your, your bullpen blows it game four because it was later in the series and you could have just closed, you could have closed the series out if you just get Ronald Acuna around the bases once it's probably more brutal, but you know, there's all kinds of things here. It's just game five well, was so, not it. <laughs>
2: well, so I mean like, look, game five was like, like a objective disaster in every aspect that could possibly happen. Yes. So what happens is the Braves give up 10 runs and then all of those little things that we've talked about on other podcasts, you know, not beginning, you know, Ronnie into score on a number of occasions, the number of times that Freddie didn't come through, which is in and of itself, this whole other narrative of just how bad he was in big time situations. He had another at bat today when the bases were loaded and he didn't do anything. And it just when you're watching a game like that and it, the game's lost, I mean, yes, there's like a 0.2 percent chance that the Braves could have came back today. That's very rarely if ever going to happen if at all. And it usually requires like something catastrophic to happen on the other side of the field. So now you're saying this game is lost, and what could I and, and there's nothing you can do about it. And then you start looking at the things that you could have controlled and you could have done in other games to not even get to this point. And look, there's things that happened that were outside the Braves' control, right? Like Freddie being hurt. And I know he keeps saying that, you know, it wasn't bothering him. It was an issue. I, I just don't believe that. I just don't believe that it wasn't bothering him, or at least something wasn't bothering him. You know, at, at the very bare minimum, it's that his issues with his elbow messed with his swing enough to cause him to just not be a factor for, the, you know, basically three of the five games. And then the other two, he wasn't a factor in any time where it mattered. You know, and again, Chris Martin getting hurt. I don't want to understate that how bad that was for the Braves. That, that that's what probably what ultimately cost them game one. That screwed up all their bullpen usage, and they had started to, they had to change things up, and it's not the matchups they wanted. And you know, once you mess all that mess all that up, I can understand why that would cause you to kind of lose control of a game from a bullpen perspective. Those are not things that are the Braves' fault. But when you have those things happen combined with Your leaders in the the clubhouse in Freddie and Markekis being functional non-factors. Josh Donaldson being somewhat of a factor but not nearly as good as he needed to be for the Braves to be competitive in the series. In the context of all of this Acuna stuff where they throw him under the bus when he's the best player in the series for the Braves by a mile. And you think about how all of that happened. And you think about how bad the Braves had to perform for the Cardinals to force a Game Five, and they somehow managed <laughs> to pull that off. Yep, that's what makes it feel particularly bad. Yep. And it's not it's, the things outside of their control. Look, sometimes these flares are just going to f- find their way into fair territory, and it irritates me more than anybody. But coming into this game, Nick Marquez had three game three hits in the series, and one of them had a like a one percent hit probability. Freddie Freeman was as bad as him. Yeah. I mean, Josh Donaldson would only marginally better than that.
1: We we're definitely going to go down the list of just, just it's, issues. Uh, and by the way, while we're here, if, if you, I'm just saying, uh, this is just a hypothetical person, maybe a national baseball writer. I don't know if, if, if your lead takeaway from the series, if the first thing you mentioned is Ron Nakuna, hotdogging it, you can not talk to me. We're, we're, we're done on, on that discussion. <laughs> um, I went crazy on Twitter a little bit this evening, and people might, people might have saw that. But um, yeah, um, let's let's talk about the one inning that mattered in this game, real quickly. Just to knock it out, because yeah. um, we're, while we're here, um, so <sighs> batter one of the game, Dexter Fowler walks after McCann drops a foul tip that would have ended the that would have ended the at bat. Um, that's, you know, whatever he walks, um, shouts to Mike Schilt, who I think is like really bad, by the way, I you know, the Cardinals won the series, Mike Schilt, um, he's was, terrible. tactically, like, if, terrible. you know, I, we have our tactical issues with the Braves manager. Um, you know, I thought Schilt was like outwardly terrible in the series. Uh, I didn't burn them obviously, but I, I, other than the walk to other than the walk to McCann, which was ludicrous. Um. But just I, I said that now because he he sacrificed bunts with his number two hitter in the first inning of a playoff game, it's which is bad. ludicrous. That's like stuff you would do in 1975 when you when your number two hitter couldn't hit, and he gives away a free out. So you know, thank you, Mike Schilt, for that. Um, but for for a long time in the first inning, that was the only out the Braves had, so that's unfortunate. Then you have an inf- you have an infield single, which you know Davis did a good job to get to to knock it down, but couldn't get him. Uh, and then a a relatively harmless um, single from Marcelo Zuna. It's one nothing. There's one out, and uh, from there the wheels come off. You know that's already bad enough. They're already on the board first. That's not great, but nothing's nothing's disastrous yet. Um, and then Freddie Freeman makes the error that loads the bases. Um, Freddie worst play
2: in the inning right there.
1: Yeah, I mean obviously the wheels came. Flying off the wag after this, which is not all on Freddie, but no the error the error you know it's, we're not we're not the first people and the only people that are going to point out that the Braves probably get out of the inning at one nothing, if not for Freddie Freeman making that error, um and would they have won the game I have no idea, but that set the wheels in motion you you load the bases um, you then walk you, you then walk um, Matt Carpenter by throwing him a three two slider, which is Interesting with bases loaded, um, and then Tommy Edmund doubles and it's four nothing, in a hurry, and that's the end of Mike Folsonovich at four nothing. At, at four nothing, the game is not over. Are you in a terrible spot? Yes, you are. Are you sub twenty percent to win the game? Probably at four nothing.
2: Yeah, probably. But, yeah, the, but the game but the game that. isn't over.
1: Like it's no. not over at that point. So with one out income incomes incomes max freed but the faulty thing i mean it's he i think this i think this was bowman that put this out there but he he joined steve avery in 92 and john thompson when he got hurt in 2004 as the only pitchers in brave's postseason history to record less than 2 outs um i mean among you starters among, among starters yeah i mean yeah sorry among starters um was fault you know this is one of those things where it's not just one thing of blame was Fulty good? No, Fulty was bad. But if you is there a world in which, you know, the drop foul tip and the error he, and he gets out of the inning with one with one run and is still pitching? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, so it's like one of those things where you you want it's it's convenient to blame one thing and one factor. But that was a situation where Fulty did not pitch well, but also got really unlucky. So
2: And didn't get help behind him.
1: None. I mean None. We'll leave it there. Uh from there, Max Fried comes in. And you know Max Freed's been good, so it's like, all right, that's, I had no issue with that. You bring in Max Freed, and you're hoping he can get you a couple innings and be good. This is
2: this is where I got fully tilted.
1: Yeah, uh, first batter, Max Freed walks Flaherty, walks the pitcher with the base, walks the ba- pitcher with the bases loaded. Like that, you can't, you can't walk the pitcher with the bases loaded, Max. I love you, but you can't, you can't do that. Um, and then, in an instant, the game goes from. Big trouble to absolutely over in two batters, and it's it's uh, Dexter Fowler doubling. at seven nothing, and then Colton Wong who bunted, bunted early in the inning, doubles, and it's nine and it's nine nothing. I I think it was like on successive pitches.
2: Too. Yes, I mean it was like literally was just...
1: instantly. I, I was I was sitting there making notes and doing podcast prep and tweeting and all that stuff, and I didn't even see the Wong double live. I saw the replay. But you know Fowler doubles. I go. I put my head down and make a note, and I'm doing something else. And I look up, and it's nine nothing, and it's like, it was just five nothing. We were already we were already all until at that point at five nothing, because it's like, all right, you just it's four nothing. You walk the pitcher, and it's like, you know, this is probably gonna not gonna end well. We all know it. And then within maybe one minute of real time, it's nine nothing, and it's over. Because at nine nothing, you know, you can say what you want to say about it's never over till it's over. The win, the, win, the win probability at 9 nothing is well below 1%. Yeah, bad. So I know it's not over technically, but it is at that point. Um, Goldschmidt then lines out to give them the second out mercifully. And then peak Braves, or peak Barbs if you want to say, uh, is getting the third out on, on the strikeout from Marcelo Zuna, the ball getting away from McCann, and they score anyway. On a strikeout. When a strikeout for the third out of the inning, and it gets away, and it's 10-0. He,
2: it like, slips to go get the ball. He throws us off. It was a comedy It was, yeah.
1: It was a comedy of errors. So, the at the end of the day, they finally get out of the inning. Ten runs, five hits, four walks. The Freeman error, the drop foul tip, the strikeout that scores another run, even though it didn't really matter at that point. And the most runs in the first inning ever allowed by any team... Postseason history is 10. It ties the most runs allowed in any inning, not just first inning, any inning all time. It ties postseason with the 1929 A's, the 68 Tigers, and the 2002 Angels. 10-run innings. It's the first time the the Braves have allowed 10 runs or more in the first inning of any game since 1925. They were in Boston. They were playing against the Brooklyn Robins. Eric, the Brooklyn... Robins, that was the last time the Braves allowed ten runs in the first inning of a baseball game. 19-25.
2: Brad, I want you to wrap your head around this. Let's say that this is that that this is just a line from the game, right? Ten runs, like just for full nine innings. Ten runs, five hits, four walks, and an and an error.
1: You're really you're really unlucky if if you uh, allow nine no, base runners and you score and ten not runs. not
2: a single one of those came on a home run.
1: Oh no! I mean, I mean they they, like, they, they hit the ball hard a do. few times, yeah. but yeah, I mean to to score ten runs when you only have nine base runners, I guess ten base runners, obviously, but you only have you only allow nine. You know, it's five hits and four walks to score ten runs on five four, five hits and four walks in an inning is like incredibly unlucky. And to your point, you know, even crazier when it's, when none of those are home runs. But it was just again it, everything aligned in the worst possible way. We're not breaking any ground here. I, I promise we know that. But, I mean, that's the entire game. It, if, if you've listened to this podcast this whole you know week and a half now, we, we, we've been talking about the series. We've spent a half hour talking about every little nuance in all of these games. And that's, that's our brand is to go process and do all that stuff. And that's what we're going to do on this podcast. This game was over in 22 minutes. Yep. I mean, it's absolutely insane to think about re you know, big picture, st- take a, take a step back. I'll put my analyst hat on. A a, a majorly playoff game starting at five oh two p.m. Eastern time and being over like over by five twenty five is just absolute insanity. These games take four hours regularly, and this game was over by five thirty. It's just insane to me. I mean, yeah. I, I, every time every, every time I say it or read it or anything, it's just like you got to be. It's that like, it's that like you got to be kidding me feeling, and that's that was just it. I mean, we we could talk about the rest of the game, but the Braves one run was a home run by Josh Donaldson in the fourth inning to break the drought, and I guess it's good that, it didn't get, that they didn't didn't get shut out. But that was it was just utterly meaningless. The most important thing, and I, I use important in giant quotation marks, after the first inning was Ronald Acuna getting hit by pitch. I was already
2: kind of in a. Bad mental place. When so, I, I literally had to go out and actually go get some Waffle House just to kind of like after that first inning. I was like, I just need to get away from this game for an inning or two, and you know, I have one relatively close to my house. So I went grab something to eat really quick, came back, and as I was getting caught up, you know, you see Acuna getting hit by a pitch. You see tweets, hey, he's not happy about it. Of course, he's not going to be happy about it. And then you started looking at. The, then I start looking at the video, and the thing that stands out to me is that Acuna clear. You know what? Flaherty, after the game, says he's trying to pitch him inside. That pitch was intentional. He was trying to drill him in his back. That's what he was trying to do. And I, you know this, one, because of just how the pitch was, and two, after the game, he's like, I was trying to pitch him inside. And then he devotes two or three sentences to his antics during the series. And I'm like, you definitely were trying to drill him in that particular case. So in a game you're leading by, like, the 12 runs, you're trying to drill a star player in the back. Well, pe- people were in saying
1: uh, on Twitter mean, I- – I'm conscious that we're going to seem homery in some ways here, but at the same time, people were saying like, you know, it's 13 to one. Why would he hit him? It's like, well, if there was ever a spot in the world in a playoff game to hit someone, that's the spot you're up by 12. Yep. Like it doesn't mean anything. And Flaherty is coming out of the game anyway. Yeah, like, If he gets kicked out, it's, doesn't. it doesn't anything. matter at all. Like if there was ever a spot and I am not, by the way, I am not on team throw at anyone basically under any circumstances. Very few circumstances would I ever be like, okay, I get it. But if you're looking for a chance, if you're if you're the Cardinals and you like if you're if your mission is to throw it around Acuna, you're not gonna do it in a game that's close in the playoffs. That would be insane is, to put it, to put a base runner on in a game that's close. If you're up by 12 and your pitcher on the mound is someone you don't need to keep pitching, like when is there a better scenario to do that? But
2: here's my thing: They had already hit him in this series. Now, someone did point out to me on Twitter. He wasn't Twitter, happy about it, that one either. <laughs> no, he was. No, he wasn't happy about that one. I'm I'm less sure that one's intentional, but I, it's it's debatable. He wasn't pleased. Yeah, no, he wasn't pleased about it for sure. Then, so he gets hit twice, right? Now, Ozuna did get hit earlier in this game. So, like, you know, the, in terms of like a back and forth thing, like I don't like I don't like it at all. No. But at least, like, it, it makes more sense to me in terms of, like, what happened. Like, and the Cardinals clearly just don't like Acuna, and I'm not sure if you necessarily want to put that dude in. I mean, the, when the number of teams that p- put him on their list of guys that they just, like, choose to just hate, that hasn't historically gone well for those teams. So I think Acuna is going to remember this fact that he hit – he could really hit off these guys, and he's probably going to, like, carry that over to another season but the thing that stood out to me the most, and I even asked, just because I want to make sure I wasn't losing my mind, is that the Braves dugout did not do anything when he got hit.
1: It did not appear as though. I mean, w- no, we have to say that like, we were I, not there, but it it did not look I, great.
2: I, I like there was just no movement, nothing. There was just everyone was just in the same positions they were as though someone was just about to go, about to walk to the plate. I towards the end when Makuni was like walking towards first and Yachty's you know walking with him because that's what Yachty does he feels like he has to walk with him uh, anytime he gets hit by a pitch and you know he feels like he needs to be there I don't I don't know why and I don't particularly care yeah, you do see Snit at the very end but like even then he's like behind two other people you know and you know Ey is trying to calm Makuni down and all that but that was bad. That felt like a dugout that for the guy who is the only reason, the only reason why this went five games, because the Braves offense played bad enough to get swept. That's a fact. And the only reason that that team is one in the playoffs and two is still in the series. And that dugout did nothing when he was been hit again by a Cardinals team that's very clearly apt to get him.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, the optics there are not are not good. I mean, it's just, we, we're never going to know all of the things happening behind the scenes there. And the game is, I get it, the game is over and you're frustrated and I can't imagine like the kind of the sticker shock there of just like knowing this game is over. Like I was, you know, sort of half jokingly talking about how the Braves didn't use three position players in this game. Like, I'm not sure about that, how that's even possible in a playoff game where you're trailing the entire way to just not use pinch hitters and you're like josh tomlin hit for himself like i was i, I don't care about that it doesn't actually matter like but that's just an example too like there, there's a level of sticker shock where like you're just numb
2: well i mean and that's but fair it's like, just it's but weird. at the same time it's different from like letting josh tomlin hit for himself and just resigning yeah no I mean, I'm, I'm with you, you have on to have this, your guy way. getting pegged
1: i'm with you on this I, I think it's it was not a good look it wasn't just us that mentioned this. Like people that were talking about this, including national people that I saw. Like we don't know the the dynamics, but the way that it was portrayed on t- on TV between Martinez laughing in the dugout, which was you know maybe just a coincidence, but maybe not. No, I don't uh, think it was. I don't think so. I don't think so either. But I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt to some degree. Uh, between that and the Braves, you know, panning to the Braves dugout and there's just like nothing, just numb, dead, nothing it's like, all right, well, that doesn't look, that does look great. So I mean, we're, here, here, none of this, none of, of this matters. It's just like, you know, that was the one, again, this is the only thing of note that happened for eight innings of baseball in this game.
2: <laughs> in terms of optics, right? Like after all the Akuni stuff from game one, where he rightly should have had to get sit, sat down in Snickers office, by the way, and being, that, you know, sure. explained abundantly clear that that can't happen again. That absolutely, that conversation absolutely should have happened. And I liked what Snicker said. And he said, I'm not going to give up on this kid. And then you have this happen to said kid. Who's been busting his butt for the rest of the series. And it feels like that you just are just completely out of it. And that you're just so disconnected that you can't come to go to bat for him. That felt messed up for me. Now, again, good. in terms of like how... In terms of on what what it looks like on TV, like I understand that you know, you just can't see everything and you can't you don't hear everything either, but it just felt like that the umpires gave out warnings for it and the Braves like there was just no reaction from the Braves dugout and no. I didn't like that I'm, I didn't
1: I get it I totally do. Um, while we're here, let's just talk about this now because this game you know we're done on this game I think. Um, in the series. Essentially, the Braves had had two, I'll say two and a half players, position, position players that had, well, no, we'll say three and a half, maybe three, position players that had what you would consider to be good series. You have Ronald Acuna in, in his own tier. Ronald, yep. R- Ronald Acuna slash line for the series: four forty four, five sixty five on base, eight eighty nine slugging for the series. He was eight of eighteen with three doubles, a triple, and a home run, and four walks. Like, okay, he's ridiculous. Obviously, you have that. You have Dansby Swanson, who had a great series. He was seven of eighteen. He had a three eighty nine, four twenty one, five fifty six slash line. That's star level play from Dansby. He was great, really good, defensively too. Made, made a ton of plays. He was great. Um, Adam Duvall was very good. You know, this not as many plate appearances. Only three of eleven from from uh, at the plate. But had had the big home run. um, Yeah, had a couple big ones, yeah. Yeah, a couple big ones. uh, 5.45 slugging for the series. Like, he played well, albeit in a smaller role. And the only other guy that you could say was solid was Ozzie Albies. And even then, I think Ozzie Albies wasn't like he was lighting the the world on fire. His OPS in the series was 7.04. Like, that's not great. It was just the fact that he looks much better. He had, obviously, one huge swing. That was a huge home run that he hit. But, you know, he was... He was someone who was a, average in this series.
2: <laughs> and he did, and he was, and he had a forgettable series in the field. That's what I like. mean.
1: Like he, he was average. May, I'm I'm being generous in saying Ozzy was average in this series. He he hit below where he normally would hit, and defensively wasn't as good as he normally is. And yet he looks great compared to the guys we're about to talk about, because there were, I'll say three, three guys who were just like terrible as full time players, a fourth that was terrible in a part time role. And then Donaldson, who we talked about a second ago. Like, Donaldson had a couple big moments in this series, but his OPS was like 630, 640. Like, that's not good for Josh Donaldson in any way, shape, or form. Um, You know, the the two guys who, for me, are above the rest are Freeman, who is number one on my list because Freeman's a superstar and he's supposed to be good, um, and Markekis. So Freeman finishes the series 4 of 20 at the plate with a home run, which did happen that it happened he had one walk he had a 200 273 400 slash line ops 673 um also had multiple defensive plays obviously the one today was egregious a couple of others that were certainly not positive defensive plays from freddie freeman and again freddie freeman is a superstar and you you just cannot i mean and it wasn't just like a bunch of situations where he was hitting with nobody on base and just not doing well getting unlucky like he didn't, he was terrible. I mean,
2: and two of those hits came basically in garbage time after the Braves had already lost game five. Correct.
1: So before that, it was basically the home running game one when they were losing. And I mean, it was a big, it was a big swing. That's worth crediting. But, you know, we are very pro Freeman on this podcast. Like it wasn't, we, we spent, we spent hours and hours in the last three, four years talking about Freddie Freeman and how awesome he is and how it's almost boring to talk about him because he's so awesome. He was terrible in the series, like absolutely terrible. There's no way around it. I mean, to I guess to his credit, he owned it after the game today and said it was all on him. It wasn't all on him, but a lot of it was. Like he was, he was terrible. And you know, as a superstar, you're you're kind of judged to a different standard. But can you imagine if Freddie Freeman was like playing for the Yankees, like what the what the reaction oh, would be? Oh, it
2: would be brutal. Yeah.
1: I mean, he he's not gonna get he's not gonna get the heat that he would get other places here part of that's media market, part of that is whatever you, whatever else you want to say. He got some heat tonight, I mean, and rightfully so, I mean, I think not just from us, people were starting to notice by the, by the middle of the series that he's been really bad, but I think it's almost going to be underplayed nationally, for sure. I think locally people understand it, but it just has to be said, he, he was terrible in the series, and it wasn't just him that lost the series, but you know, he was a big reason they lost, and Especially when you're relying on him, and somebody mentioned this, I can't remember who it was on Twitter, and I agree with it. Like, if you ever play, if you ever ever play fantasy sports, there's a stars and scrubs strategy in auctions, where you spend a lot of money on your top guys and you go really cheap on the margins and try to win that way. And this season, it wasn't perfect analogy, but this season the Braves basically wore that offensively. The Braves had four guys who were awesome offensively all season long, and the other four guys were not. In this series. One and a half of those guys showed up.
2: Yeah, I mean, when your three, four, five hitters combined for ten hits and four walks in a five game series, it's not good. It's just not good at all.
1: I mean, Freeman's and, and, the one we're, we're going to spend the most time on because of expectations and the fact that Freeman is supposed to be better than this. But the only guy who was worse, like who, the only guy who was more damaging than Freeman offensively was Markakis, who we've spent a lot of time on, and I don't want to belabor this too much, but he was. Worse, three for twenty-one. He had one extra base hit. He had one walk. He slugged one ninety in the series. I know it's five games. I know that things happen. And to me, anyway, Marcakis was always miscast this season as a full-time as a, as a full-time player. But I mean, you can't get around that either. He he was also he was worse than Freeman. It's just that he was coming from a lower baseline of expectations. But Marcakis and Freeman were the two full-timers that you could just say like what I mean McCann was also terrible which has to be pointed out to McCann we were I think we were all surprised that McCann played all five games or started all five games anyway but he was yeah. terrible too like he he was the number three guy on this list in terms of you know it's Freeman and Marquecas kind of just for the roles that they were in and hitting in the middle of the lineup and Marquecas hitting fifth in the lineup again today is just like you gotta be kidding me um but McCann was terrible too. I mean, I feel bad. He's he retired. We'll talk about that in a second um, after the game. And you know, McCann was awesome for a long time. But the middle of the order, man. I mean, after, after what, the top what? two, it was just a, it was a, it was a wasteland for the vast majority of the series. And you you just can't afford to couple you know group that group that stuff up. You just can't every every stat you want to pull that does not include Adam Duvall basically from that middle of the order is a disaster. It just is
2: what is crazy to me is that when we previewed this series, the thing that we thought was going to be an advantage for the Braves. Now, Ozzie from the left side is just not the same as Ozzie from the yeah, right. He's side. an average hitter from,
1: from the left side. Yeah. We've said it before, but, the, but, but it's but, worth but, pointing out again. That's a good point.
2: But they had, they had all these righties. And the one thing that we thought that would be a big difference in this series is that Freeman, Marquecas and Joyce and McCann, yeah. all lefties. Now, McCann didn't exactly like instill a ton of confidence with his play in the second half.
1: Let's just be clear about that. No, he's because you he's, know,
2: just, he's, he's an older guy. He's I'm a bit player. Is, I'm, yeah, I'm not, and I'm not gonna. Like, he's
1: famous. Like, Brian McCann is famous because of what Brian McCann used to be, and because of Brian McCann's veteran status. The reason I said a minute he, he, ago he that he,
2: he he can manage a game. Yeah, I
1: that. mean, there's obviously strengths there with Brian McCann. The reason I said the reason I said a minute ago that we were, we were surprised that he played all five games is that Brian McCann isn't that good anymore. Like Brian McCann is a rotation catcher like he's not yeah. he's certainly a major league player like I'm not saying he's not but the fact that Brian McCann that's why I'm not putting McCann on the same level as Freeman Marcus because he wasn't supposed to be he wasn't supposed to be your full time catcher and he just wasn't that good anymore like he was bad in the series no question about it but
2: I know. do worry that the reason he was put in one is because I think that Snicker trusted him the most to manage the pitching staff which is yeah. suspect in some ways because you know there's things that Tyro Flowers is better at than McCann is right now uh that i'm not sure how many of those things there are but one of those is definitely framing and you know i look i'm not and i'm not gonna dog on mccann because ultimately that's a, a he was perfect for the role that the braves needed him to be in for the regular season whether or not he was miscast for the postseason is kind of a different matter
1: sure
2: but we we thought matt joyce was gonna have a really good series yeah i'm glad you said we that. thought we thought we thought of all series of all matchups this is the place where Marquez could actually do something. And Freddie Freeman is one of the best players on planet Earth, particularly with a bat in his hands. And he bats from the left side, and they're going against a bunch of righties. And those guys did not show up. No, I mean... They just didn't. And look, that, that first inning was terrible. But if you gave the Braves the chance to go, hey, you know what? If you want to nullify any one inning from this game, and you, you can just press a button and it's gone. They could press the button on the first inning and they still would have lost this game three to one. The offense did not show up in the way that it needed to the whole series to win the series.
1: I mean, yeah. The only again there there were there were two guys two guys on the team that I would say played ab- like played above their baseline in the series. It was Acuna, who's al- who's already incredible but, but was superhuman in the series. And then Swanson. If you want to say Duvall that's fine. But Duvall essentially for the full series, like his numbers for the full series are basically what his numbers are normally a little bit better. And obviously the the clutch factor there is I, I understand that. Like he had a bit of, a bigger impact than you would have said.
2: Well, well, yeah. And he like, he got the start today against, against Flaherty, like, cause it's really yeah, tough, right? It's not
1: like
2: it's, a weird sample. size. I'm not,
1: yeah, I'm not saying anything about, I mean, Duvall was, Duvall was good in the series. No, no question about it, but Freeman extremely subpar to, you know, Terrible basically. Donaldson, well below average. Marcakis, disastrous. Joyce, disastrous on a smaller scale because he played less, but still disastrous. And yeah, we were very pro Matt Joyce. He was terrible in the series. He only he only went to the plate eleven times, which is why he's not getting the same amount of heat. He only only played half the time, but he was bad. And McCann. I mean, that's that's it. That's that's your team, essentially. And you could pick out maybe maybe three guys who are above average. It's you're just not gonna win. I mean, your pitching staff First ending first ending aside today. Your pitching staff didn't did enough to win the series. I know they blew the game in game 1. I understand that. But if you take a real step back and look at the first four games of the series and blame the pitching staff, that's just not not a thing. I mean, were there moments? Sure. But the, overall, the st- like, you can't the pitching you can't staff about
2: certainly that. bent at times. Yeah.
1: But I but mean, they're just,
2: that's not. It's you can't expect them to give, to give up only two runs every game.
1: The only the only time in the series that a pitcher like legitimately blew up was Melanson in game one. Other than until today, until the first inning today, it was basically the only guy who was like legitimately a problem at any one point was Melanson. Every other time it was like, oh, they gave up a run, and it was because the offense wasn't blowing the games open. Like you're up by one. Because of your offense, they didn't score runs in the series. I mean, again, the first inning in in Game Five is the outlier of all outliers. But looking back to the first four games, the the offense was more to blame for losing than the pitching staff. It's just that's that's the reality. I mean, Fulty gives you a he was terrible today, obviously, but Fulty gives you a historic performance. Mike Soroka gives you a historic performance. Dallas Ke- Dallas Keuchel was not good. I don't think in, in an overall sense, but he did more than enough not. to win game one. Like you certainly were in a good position in game one to win. Game was, not four, good, wasn't was, good.
2: Not, was not good enough in game four. He was, was not.
1: not. No, I mean, flat out. He was not good enough, but again, I'm, I'm just telling you like big picture first four games. If you're assigning blame offense versus run prevention, it was offense. That was the problem. Like, yep. I'm sorry. It's just, that's, that's the case. So I don't know, man. Oh, by the way, let's do this now real quick. This is not revisionism, because we said it before the series. What do we say, Eric? Mike Soroka.
2: Rucker should have started both two games. My,
1: Mike Soroka pitched once in the series. Your best pitcher, wire to wire this season, your best pitcher appeared once in a five game series. He was incredible, and you lost.
2: I will say I, I feel like that part of that was the galaxy brained a little bit. One was the road, the home road stuff, which I understood the reasoning. I still don't think it's a reason that you, only, you, you don't pitch him in two games. But what I think happened was that they only put him in that position so that he could start two games in the LCS. And that's look, look what happened. That's you dumb. Get, you, if you that was the real there, reason,
1: that's that, that's absolutely absurd. And again, by the way, just I I to mean be like, clear, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not saying
2: that that hasn't been said, no. but like, so, about a few people have mentioned it. And I'm like, if that's actually the case, just, where the, that way, that way he can start on the road against L.A. and then maybe have to do that do so again in game five.
1: Uh, just I just, really, to, be, just really to be very clear about yeah, just, just just be very clear about, about what I'm saying. I am not telling you that if Soroka pitches game one, they win the series. I'm not making that argument. Or if he pitched today, yeah, I mean whatever you want to say. I mean I'm not telling you that for sure that they win the series. I'm not making that leap by any means. I'm just saying. It's not revisionist when we talked about this. We discussed it. I said it flat out. I tweeted it. It's on the record. I didn't I hated it. I hated the fact that your best pitcher was pitching once in the series. It's the simple math of it all. If and clearly, in my opinion, they clearly they evaluated it and they thought Dallas Keuchel was gonna be a better option than Mike Soroka in the series. They yeah. they evaluated that.
2: Yeah, I I worried just that was wrong. Like the the way <laughs> well no, you're not absolutely true. I just never thought that he was going to play... Once someone mentioned the possibility of playing twice in the Dodgers series, it kind of got me thinking in that direction. My, my, what my thinking was is that they have played his playing time with such kid gloves that I don't think they wanted him pitching in two, series, two games, two times in a series. Well, here's the now, thing. I'm, a, I'm now, not...
1: They wouldn't no. have had him go one and four like Keichel. Like, I'm well aware of that. If he pitched game one, he would have pitched game five. He would not have pitched game four. I'm not saying that because they were never going to have Soroka go on three days rest with the way they treated him. That was not going to happen. But if he goes in game one, he's pitching game five. Like, on yep. f- he'd be on five days rest. Like, there's no way he wouldn't have pitched. Yeah. Like, And by the way, I think people have almost forgotten. Fulte, Fulte was on full rest today. It wasn't, like, it wasn't as if Fulte was on short rest. Fulte was on four days rest. Very just normal, bad, normal turn. A,
2: just had a catastrophic day. He
1: was just not, and again, I think that's to mildly defend Fulte. Mildly, I don't think he was as bad as it looked today.
2: The Babbitt block was really bad.
1: It was him. bad. It was obviously the error. He didn't pitch well. If you watched, if you watched it back, like he was not hitting spots, and I don't, th- I'm not, I don't think it would have went well. Even if they got out of the inning the way they probably should have at down one nothing, I'm not sure it would have gone well. With Fulte today, I'm not telling you that he was going to be good because I don't think he was. But it's going to look worse than it actually was. Anyway, I, don't, I just want to say this real quick thing out loud because we did say it. And it wouldn't have fixed everything. It just wouldn't have. But There were
2: so many things that went wrong.
1: It's just maddening. It's maddening to think that you had, I almost said Cy Young I, I wouldn't say that. He, he was probably, he's probably going to finish top 10 in Cy Young voting this year. And he pitched once at a five-game series. It's absolutely insane. To me.
2: He, he, he has a chance to finish top five in Cy Young, brother.
1: That's what I mean. That's what I, 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 I was trying to be more confident by saying top, top 10. ten.
2: Yeah, top ten's pretty safe. Yeah.
1: I think so, too. Um, and if you, tell, if you tell an objective observer that a top ten Cy Young candidate is going to be... By the way, on a team that had time to set up their rotation, the Braves were comfortably in the playoffs. The Braves won the division with time to spare. If you're going to tell... an objective observer that that guy, the best pitcher on the team by a lot this season is going to throw seven innings in a playoff series. And, and by the way, seven scoreless innings. It wasn't as if he was bad. It's just, that that's a mind blowing one for me, but regardless, that was, I will say,
2: I don't know if Cy Young ballots had to be, have had to be sent in yet, but if they haven't, I guarantee you at least one voter will go, well, Soroka wasn't that good Ugh. because they only let him play. I think play, they were already in. I, think
1: I think they're already in, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, but it yeah I'm, not sure. I'm not 100% sure. But. It doesn't. I mean, I'm still on record that offense was the bigger problem, so I'm not trying to contradict myself in that way. I still believe that. I just, yep. we, we called the shot on that and it didn't ever make sense to me and whatever. Um, I mean, we're going to look ahead later. You know, now that we don't have the urgency to do all that before Friday, game one, um, we're going to. We'll do more podcasts in the near future, looking ahead to the future. Obviously, people were asking about Donaldson, and people are asking about Marquecas and what's going to happen and all this stuff, and we're going to do that later. I'm not doing any of that today. Um, The only thing that we probably should do real quickly is talk about McCann, um, because McCann is retiring. We we alluded to that a a little bit ago. I have a pretty close relationship to Brian McCann, not personally, but... I'm from Gwinnett County, and I watched Brian McCann play in high school. And I went to high school with Jeff Francoeur, who is best friends with Brian McCann, and watched every moment of his career, essentially. Brian McCann was drafted in 2002 by the Braves. You know, he's two years older than me in school. And, you know, all that to say, like, it's a little bit... I'm not... I would say I'm number one fan of Brian McCann's, but I've watched him play for a long time. And people... I think almost at this point, he's almost underrated. This is a seven-time All-Star. Like, Brian McCann was a legitimate star for... More than a half decade, and I think this was uh, Steven over at Be Outliers that tweeted this out. But thinking about how long McCann played. People kind of recognize that McCann's been playing forever. The Braves didn't win a playoff series while he was in while he was in Major League Baseball.
2: Yeah, I saw that. It was awful. He was drafted in,
1: he was drafted in 2002, which is the year after they won a playoff series to last. And he, and granted, he he won a World Series in Houston. So shots to Brian McCann who has a ring. But the Braves did not win a playoff series the entire time that he was in Major League Baseball.
2: I have a question I want to ask you about him. Yeah. Hall of Famer?
1: I don't think he's going to get in. Um, I'd have to look. I him. think he might. I mean
2: – The baseline for catchers is not the same. I was
1: going to so say, it, 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 it's the hardest position to figure out in terms of – because you can't like use Jaws. Like, There's the systems that people use to project Hall of Famers, and it's like very hard to do that with catcher because the stats don't line up. So, I mean, it's not – it wouldn't stun me, I guess, because he's, like, beloved. In terms of
2: the – yeah, about to say, in terms of, like, his reputation in the league, he played in New York and played well there. He played in Houston in his love there. And then, obviously, in, for the Braves, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, this, this particular year went only okay. But, you know, for his nine years here, not only was he really, really good, but everyone seems to love him. So my thing oh, I honestly I mean, think he'll get it. I honestly
1: think he'll get it. He, he might. It. I'm looking at Jaws now. Like he's, he's number 32 all time in catchers, according to the way that Jaws does the, does the, uh, formula. There are 15 catchers in the hall of fame. So I don't think he's going to get in by that, but maybe, so maybe maybe, maybe the narrative will drive. Yeah. 15, f- 15 cool. full time catchers in, in, in the hall of fame is what this says. Unless I'm reading, unless I'm reading this wrong. I don't think I am. Um, Maybe I'm crazy, but yeah, I think that's actually right. Maybe uh, no, I, I
2: need to look that up now.
1: Uh yeah, fifteen fifteen Hall of Famers. I'm looking at it now. The top it's the top seven in Jaws. Uh by the way, Joe is eighth. Um, but yeah, the the only the only player that has essentially worse career numbers at catcher that is in the Hall of Fame than Brian McCann is um rick farrell who played in the 30s and 40s so i don't really have a good (laughs) comp i mean that's the thing i I don't really have a good comp like guys who are mccann's contemporaries that have similar or better numbers that you know buster posey is one like posey's got better career numbers than mccann um joe mauer has a lot better career numbers than mccann um guys who aren't in that have better numbers like Thurman Munson, even Jorge Posada has better numbers in his career than McCann does. So I don't know. I don't. Yadier Molinas might be one too. He's coming up. White McCann is. But regardless, I mean, whether he gets in or not, Brian McCann is awesome. You know, was he awesome this year? No. Was he? But he's he was in his mid-30s by this point, and he hasn't been a star for a while. But when he was a star, he was a star. It happened, to, it happened in Atlanta. He got, you know, it, it didn't end well. Obviously, the way that things ended, that kind of just sucks for all parties. And it sucks even more for guys on the team, which we have to remember, like guys on the team are not happy today. But, you know, Shots to Brian McCann. That's all I got for you on that. Had a, but a,
2: a, an absolutely amazing career. One that deserves to be celebrated. It kind of sucked. I wish that he had announced like tomorrow.
1: Yeah, not tomorrow. You know I, mean? Mean, I, I know, I, I yeah, know why I like a guy might a... want to do that now because it's just like, all right, let's get it over with. Let's do it now. I guess he had decided yeah. what a month and a half ago, he said, but I'm with you. Yeah. I wish, I wish he had gotten the full treatment, like press conference. He des- he, yeah. He deserved the press
2: conference. That. He deserved people reflecting on his career and, and not having to share up the spotlight really with, with, this, with this game. I, I hope, huh?
1: I, I hope the Braves, you know, twist his arm and kind of have him do that still like in a week from now. Why, why can't they do it anyway? Like, why can't they get Brian up there. He's
2: getting Well, he's getting his number retired for sure. Well, that's what I mean. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll bet on that. I
1: mean, even, I mean, even now, like a week from now, they should have Brian go be on the podium and do like the retirement announcement thing. I know we already said it, but why not do that? I think he, this is a guy who's on the level where you would do that. This is not someone who there are fan favorites on teams that are beloved and, you know, get recognized as such. McCann was a fan favorite, local product, and legitimate star. Like this is not. I mean, it'd be. I'm trying to think of like the best comp for for Brian McCann. It might be like Dale Murphy, like for the Braves, like someone like that who was a star, yeah, and isn't going to be in the Hall of Fame. He's not going to get in, but who was beloved. Obviously, you know, Murphy, you could certainly argue was better, but I'm just saying, I'm trying to think of like a, a fairly recent guy who isn't going to be in the Hall of Fame that was a Braves guy who was Braves all the way, homegrown, and that's the guy I came up with in my head. It's not an easy, perfect comp by any means, but all the other guys who were like that are better than McCann, which is unfortunate. Like it's, you know, Glavin and Matt, Gl- Glavin and, and Chipper and Smoltz are all just better than McCann. So he's he's the, ne- he's the next step down, but that's not a slight of him. That's just because the other guys were awesome, so... Yeah. I don't know. It'll be like Fred. I mean, honestly, it'll be like Freeman. Is Freeman going to be in the Hall of Fame? I don't think so. I
2: I, I mean, unless he plays for like another 10 years. So, I mean, it's not
1: not perfect either. But I think, you know, 10 years from now, we'll be talking about Freddie Freeman somewhat similarly to the way we're talking about Brian McCann. So... Just keep that in mind.
2: And he will absolutely deserve a press conference and a send off. That's what just, I mean. Like, just
1: give yeah, B-Mac his due. He was awesome. Uh, you know, the unwritten rule stuff is what he got famous for in some ways, which isn't ideal. But seven-time All-Star, man. You can't fake that, I don't think. So, anyway, we, we don't. Want, I don't want to end on that, but I, kind of, I also kind of do. I don't know. It was final thoughts, Eric. I mean, for me, it's just I'm not going to play into the Atlanta sports thing right now. It was just an excruciating Excruciating. I mean, my last thing that I definitely wanted to say, I guess I'll just say it now, is that I said it during the season. I said it. I said it after the season. I said it in the, in the preview podcast. But this year, losing the NLDS is a failure. It's a disappointment. It's a failure. Like last last year, we were all on cloud nine when they made the playoffs because it was a great story. They overachieved last season, and frankly, we knew they weren't going to beat the Dodgers. We were pretty confident in that. It was a very lopsided series. I still had a, still had a fun moment with, with Ronnie and all that, but we knew who the better team was last year. We all said it. It was still fun, and it wasn't a disappointment when they lost. This year, we've been saying it since August, or even earlier than that, that if they didn't win a playoff series, it was going to be a disappointment or a failure, and they didn't win a playoff series. And for me, a step further, thinking they were the better team, and I still think they were, If you're the better team, you have home field advantage and you blow that many opportunities and you lose, it's a failure. It's just, I mean, Freddie used that word and I agree with him. I think it was a failure.
2: Yeah, I mean, I agree. And it's, again, it's tough just because not only were you the better team, not only were you favored, and not only were the expectations as such that, I mean, aside from the preseason expectations where no one pricked the Braves to win the division, right? Yeah. Because of all the offseason stuff. Let's just, I'm just going to remove myself. At some point during the season, it became apparent that the Braves were the best team in the division. That's just what happened. Yes. Um, you, you can argue about when that happened. You know, the, obviously the best team since May 24th thing was hysterically funny. I
1: mean, and, they ran away know. with it. I mean, by the end, by the end of the season, they, they won the division quite comfortably.
2: Yeah, I mean, like, the, the Nationals kind of closed the gap, but that's when
1: the I Braves mean, They won. The Nationals won their last eight games. The Braves punted at the end and lost their last three games and still won by four. Like, the division was over with more than a week to go. Like, that's a comfortable yep. win. I'm sorry. Like, it was, they pulled away and it was over and they coasted into the finish line where the Nationals had to play hard the entire rest of the way. So, it's misleading. I'm with you on that. But you won by four games and that's like the... Like the least possible generous interpretation. The Braves were probably going to win the division by seven or eight games if they had kept trying to win.
2: And you know what's worse about it? The Washington Nationals have forced a game five with the Dodgers. It is in extra innings, and they had the bases loaded and none out.
1: Well, the last time we did this, we we jinxed kind of hard. Remember this, Eric? On the last podcast, we talked about how it was like the sixth inning and they were winning, and they just got blitzed the rest of the <laughs> way. So maybe maybe that'll happen now. As you, uh, uh, I mean, but regardless, I mean, all that's going back to the point. It's you know, I know that there are metrics that would tell you the Nationals were better this season. They had a better run run differential, all that stuff. For me, we knew basically in August this is gonna be a, this, this, this is gonna be a team that was in the playoffs for sure and very likely to win the division. They coasted. They won the division. They were favored with home field in the first round. You have to win. You have to win a series. I mean, and,
2: and all those things are true. And they were favored heavily in the two two of the three games they
1: lost. They led I, in the eighth or ninth inning in all four of the first four games. Yep. And lost the series.
2: That's that's punting. It looks like Washington has in fact scored. So that's unfortunate. So so if the if the Dodgers don't score. They're gonna get upset as well, and we're gonna have a little, uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Oh, oh, we hit a grand Lord. slam too. It's it's seven three Dodgers, you're seven three Nationals. Me. We're gonna have a Washington Nationals, St. Louis Cardinals. Well, Erica, B- I team. like
1: I like baseball quite a bit, and I'm gonna watch the ALCS, and that's gonna be it. For yeah, me.
2: I, I, that's gonna be really fun. <laughs> I'm gonna watch the ACLs too because I can't I can't watch those two. I'm out on that. Um,
1: yeah, well, man. I mean, we're 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 delirious at this point. It's twelve thirty or whatever time it is, and you know, I, I promise for all of our Twitter mentions that we have and people are upset and we are not happy. I, I, no one is, it didn't end well. And you know, I can't use a stronger word than failure. And that's what that was in my opinion. I'm not a hot take guy. People know this about us. I think on this podcast, we try to put things in perspective, not get too high, not not get too low and kind of just be as reasonable as possible. So we get, we get grief when we're not, you know, too high sometimes. And people get, you know, when people want to tell you that this is whatever the greatest thing of all time, but it was bad, man. I mean, you can't lose the series in the way that they did. And the first inning today is one that will go down in infamy. And that's unfortunate, but they lost the series before that. They lost the series in game one or four, however you want to say it. They should have won the series before it got back to Atlanta and they lost the series. So there you go. Yep.
2: And the players are going to be remembered for like a, like it's not going to be a, you know, remember when the Braves lost a 2-1 series lead. They're going to remember how they got drilled in the first game and gave up 10 runs oh, because that's, it's a historic thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, national, nationally, that is going to be the takeaway from this series Is, is for standing today. There is no doubt about that whatsoever. That is the takeaway nationally, I'm talking about, for the series. It's not even close. That's the most memorable thing. If you're if you're not a Braves fan, if you're not a Cardinals fan, the most memorable thing in the series for sure is 10 nothing top of the first
2: yep and but i will say despite the bad feelings from this game and despite a lot of the stuff that happened in the series that just wasn't good there were good things and I've, I've been kind of thinking about it for the last few hours kind of pr- processing how i was going to frame things on the podcast here and i definitely I don't think i've actually succeeded in that but i will say that despite all of that all of that nonsense i really look forward to next season Like, I don't feel like that this was like our opportunity and we blew it and we're just not going to see it again. It felt like that we're going to get chances down the road and that there's a real chance that they could push through. And this team is a lot of fun. And I don't want to take anything away from the fact that even though today is a really crappy day, it just is. That there's reason to be happy. There's reason to be Excited to be a Braves fan right now. It just doesn't happen to be today.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's I, I'm glad you did that because I normally would be the one that might spin it positive. I'm not going to do that today. I'm, I, I don't have it in me, but shots to Eric for spinning it positive at the end of this podcast. And I promise you, we will spend a ton of attention in the offseason on the next step, whether that be oh, I have thoughts, contracts, and decisions that have to be made, and money to be spent, and prospects. and. We're going to do all that later. We consciously did not do that tonight because there's plenty of time. To, unfortunately, there's plenty of time for us to do that now between now and spring training. So we're going to do all that. I promise we're not going to short shrift. If you're a new listener to the podcast, we do not go away when the season ends. We may skip a week here or there and we'll go back to our normal time slot. Uh, normally Sunday Sunday nights or at least once a week. Um, again, might skip a week once, or once in a while in the offseason when there's just nothing to talk about. But we will be here. I promise we will discuss all things in the near future. And uh, consider that your teaser for the evening. Please subscribe to the podcast. I know this is miserable. And I I feel everyone that tweeted at us that said they were going to have to skip this episode. I'm not upset with you. I hope you downloaded. And if you made it to the end, thank you very much for your patronage. Um, but uh, join us. We really appreciate everybody listening, honestly and sincerely. I appreciate everyone that's listened to the podcast this year. Um, whether you listen for me or if you hate me or listen for Scott or Eric or guests or whatever you want to listen to but uh you've chosen something to listen to us and i appreciate that greatly so as the i guess the host of the podcast i really appreciate all of that so thank you very much we had fun this season not so much this week but we had fun this season and thank you very much